Hello and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Is This Anime? I'm your anime expert, Jack Metcalf. And I'm the guy who doesn't know anything about anime, Malcolm McLeod. At some point, though, you have to know something because I think this is, we've done like 40 of these. I don't know. I feel like I, I'm at this point where I keep like, I don't really remember. Like, I feel like I go into fugue states about when I like watch some of these like TV shows and movies where I'm like, yeah, I, I'm on record as saying that I watched them and like I have memories of watching them, but I like don't really remember. You know what I mean? I, I, I guess so. But, I, you know, you've, you've watched some deep cuts. I suppose. But yeah, I still, you know, I still feel like I'm a very surface level person in this world. Yeah. Let's talk about last week's anime, Skate the Infinity. Uh, what do you think of that? Is queer baiting the right word to be to describe uh, how that show plays with its two leads? Like it feels like it's, it feels like it's just like all queer baiting. <laughs> like that's the thing. It's just like, and like it's funny because I, this week's show was hyped up as being also like a queer baiting movie. I don't see it. It's not at that. It's not at Skate's level. It's not at Skate's level. There, there's one thing at the end where it's like okay, okay, but you know, not not quite that level. Um, anyways, this film we're talking about today is called Promare, and uh, I've been uh, very excited to watch this movie. I never got around to it. came out in May May of 2019, and it was produced by Studio Trigger and X-Flag. And the thing with Studio Trigger is they are known for, for their works for being very over the top. And this, move, this movie did not disappoint. Um, so this was directed by Hiroyuki Imashi and written by Kazuki Nakashima. And the two had previously collaborated together on uh, t- two shows. Well, one show that I really, really love and one show that you know, I enjoyed. Uh, the one that I really, really loved that they did was called Gurren Lagann, uh, which is one of my all-time favorite uh, anime. It's a super over-the-top mecha uh, series. It's just super positive. I- I've recommended it to everyone. And they also did Kill the Kill, which is a show that um, maybe we'll cover more. I'm more just to see the reactions. I feel um, like we're going to cover both of those shows that you just. It, <laughs> just yeah, mentioned. I mean, Gurren Lagann's awesome. It's just I, I would almost want to cover the entirety of it. But so that that's a whole nother thing. Uh, if you want us to, to do the entirety of Gurren Lagann, please tell us uh, because it, it is one of my faves. Um, but both of those shows are about as over the top as you can get. And, and when Trigger announced that they were making a movie, the expectation uh, for this to follow through was quite high. And um, let's just jump into this. Malcolm, this movie, we haven't really done a pure action movie like this since Redline, I feel. I was getting some Redline vibes when watching this. Yeah, there's definitely like parallels to Redline. Although I think Redline's funnier than this. Like this is not a funny movie necessarily, but... Uh, it's definitely like there. Yeah, you can definitely tell that like Redline probably partially inspired this this film. No, I don't know. I don't know so much as Redline being inspiration, but again, this is very similar to a lot of other Trigger productions where it reminds me of the whole Ron Burgundy quote: "Boy, this escalated quickly." Because you watch like the first action scene in this film, and you're like, "Oh, okay, this is this is what the movie's about." And then there's another twist, and then. <laughs> And it, it keeps going and going and going. Yeah, this is fucking crazy. Like, I, I I, don't know how else to say this other than, like, you know, like, it's it reminded me of, like, a, like a very well put together, like, Super Bowl commercial where it's like you watch it and you're like, man, 
that was great. And then you're like, like a couple, like I watched this movie today and I do not really remember what I watched. <laughs> like it just, it all just blurred together. Like this is going to be very interesting. I have my notes and yet it feels like I, like I had to go back and like rewatch parts of this. I also like had to reread like the Wikipedia, like plot outline uh, just to be like, okay, did I see what I was seeing? Like, I mean, it's a simple plot, but it's just like, oh man, it's a vi- it's, it's a visual feast. And what I mean by my Super Bowl metaphor is that it's like really well, like it's one of those Super Bowl commercials where it's like, man, this is great. Visually, it's so stimulating. This is, you know, it's got like all these cool things going on. And you're like, man, that was really great. And then like, you know, after the Super Bowl is done, you don't even remember the commercial. You're like, oh, I forgot about it like the next day. And I feel like, this is what like this movie kind of has where it's like visually it's just top tier, but I can't tell you what it was about. I could tell you the basic themes. I mean, you know, let's just start from the beginning. We get this little prologue of like, basically uh, we see these little vignettes of, of various people being stressed and then they spontaneously combust. And that kind of sets us up. We're like, okay, all right, this movie is going to be, you know, about like firefighters taking down fire. And that's what the, I guess the opening act is basically. I, I gotta say, I was disappointed by one thing. Let's just get this out of the way. We get introduced to all these cool characters uh, who are part of like this firefighting squad. Like, and they're, they're not just firefighters. It's like firefighting mechs. Yeah, they're called Burning Rescue, which I think is actually a pretty cool name for like a firefighting group. And also, let's, by the way, we don't get enough firefighter content in, in like any media. Like the only firefighter shows out there right now are 911 and 911 Lone Star starring Rob Lowe and then Chicago Fire. <laughs> like that's all we've got. And I'm like, there's some good like there's I feel like there's firefighters like, there's a lot to milk in that world. And like just seeing it like being like, oh, it's a group of these like, I don't know, these fucking badass firefighters. I'm like, I want to I need to see more of this and less like cop stuff. Yeah, I mean, there's an anime called Fire Force that we haven't covered yet that we that we could very well do. But yeah, this <laughs> of course there is. <laughs> of course there is, uh, and I, I know a lot of people who like it. Uh, I haven't watched it yet, sorry. Uh, <laughs> but no, uh, we get introduced to all these various characters, and I will say, I was I was hoping that this would be a, uh, this uh, movie would have a ton of speed wagons, and unfortunately, um, the firefighting crew, other than our main man, don't get a ton of. And that that bummed me out because they they all get title cards and I could not tell you their names. They all they all get title title cards in this like opening act. And you're like, oh, cool. Is it like going to be about the power of teamwork between, you know, burning rescue and the main man uh, Gallo? Uh, It's not that. No, I mean, it's what I wanted was I kind of wanted something that was simpler than what this was. Like, I just wanted like, yeah, like a firefighters doing firefighter things. And instead, this one, like, they have some pretty lofty, like, ambitions. And, like, it gets, like, kind of gets to crazy town, like, way too soon. Um, They literally have a mecha that's called Deus Ex Machina. Like, like, that's how on the nose this story becomes. Where you're just like, oh, of course. Like, of course, this is being thrown in, too. Um, It's just, yeah, insane. And, yeah, I I was wondering if this was, like, a comedy at a certain point. Because it's not a comedy. It's like it's like, over the top. It's 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 just over the top to the nth degree. And to be fair, um, this director and writer duo, they that's what their uh, shows have been like. Because I've been told since we recorded the Red Line episode that we've that 
we misinterpreted a little bit of Redline and that like Redline is more comedic than I think we were giving it credit for. And so I was wondering if uh, if this was something that like that too, where like I guess apparently in Redline the character the lead character of Cherry Boy or no the, yeah it's like the lead girl Cherry Boy yeah. Hunter Cherry Boy in like like Japanese uh, is the, just like slang for virgin, so she's called oh. Virgin Hunter. Oh shit, that's fucking funny. And like you're just like oh and like here there's nothing like that like none of the characters there's none of the names like I'm just like on the Wikipedia page and like outside of like Deus Ex Machina being a mecha um, suit like I mean there's Cray Foresight which <laughs> is crazy it's a crazy name that's the name of the governor I didn't realize his last name was Foresight I knew it was Cray so let's start with that first action scene it, it's basically the first action scene is what you kind of expect the whole movie to be which is these firefighters fighting the burnish. We get Gallo. He's he, he he's our main man. He he's cocky. He's arrogant. His uh, his mecha is kind of styled as like this uh, feudal era Japan spearman mecha. That's how I would call it. And his like kind of rival in this scenario is this. Uh, and again, th- this show is going to be kind of tough to talk about. Um, we're not show this movie because again, it is entirely visual. This movie is probably about two thirds action. I would say. Oh yeah, I mean they're like you just like trying to describe the the first action sequence. It's like they're kind, of, you know, there's they're climbing up buildings. Like it's really like the color palette is very bright. You know, you got got a lot of like or you know like pinks and you know kind of blues and you know and then it has this like almost like Spider Man. Um, was it uh, Spider Man Enter the Spider Verse? Hmm. Into, into the, the Spider Yeah, they were the actually interviewed about that. Like, obviously, they weren't working on that movie by the time uh, that that movie was already, you know, well into development. Or that movie hadn't come out while they were developing this, but they did talk about how much they loved it. Yeah, I mean, this one I think came out probably what it, the same year or maybe a li- or a couple of months later. So yeah, there was like you, they couldn't be like, yeah, we just ripped it off. But it was like it's very interesting that like you know, Into the Spider Verse and uh, Promare have this very similar color palette of just like mm. it's a lot of turquoise it's a lot of like bright oranges it's a lot of yellows it's a lot of like lime greens and that's something i really like because we've watched a lot of like anime on this podcast where the color palettes are very muted and they're dark and they're like you know they they're not as you know i don't know not as full as this so like i did like that and also like the the art style reminded me a little bit of Mirror's Edge. I don't know if you remember that game. Yeah, I, I know that game. Yeah, which is a game I really liked back in the day because it was like probably the only like kind of parkour game you could do uh, in, on like Xbox or maybe Xbox 360. I forget. Yeah, so I, it's it's just a visual feast, and I don't know how we're yeah I don't know how we're going to talk about this. Especially just the two of us. Let let's talk about fascism because the, so the, the the opening of this movie we is the movie you expect, which is the the burning rescue versus the burnish. Um, Gallo ends up defeating um, Leo. Um, Gallo also has this thing where um, he gets he gets stripped uh, to the to the skivvies basically in the, his fight with Leo. And then he tells him, it's like, oh, this this whole thing wasn't just about me getting naked. It's like I was I was, you know, trying to trick you here. Uh, and that's where the rest of Burning Rescue kind of takes down Leo. Oh, yeah, because he's sent, they're captured. And then there's the police force is called the Freeze Force. 
the freeze force and these guys suck. And you think, and again, this is where this movie keeps escalating because you think, okay, these are the guys who, who, who are going to be the main villains or something like that. But again, th- this movie is just escalation. So the freeze force, um, there's this one asshole uh, who's just very over the top who assaults a pizzeria. Very, very unkind of them. That's the thing. I actually felt bad because like, I guess one of the, people who was running that pizzeria like was sympathetic to these i guess i don't know what they're called like they're I called guess the burnish they're called the, the burnish yeah okay yeah the burnish that's what i was remembering uh yeah they were sympathetic to the burnish and then like you know they're caught kind of aiding the burnish or like kind of being like no they're people too like they have hope streams feelings and like the free force comes in and just like takes out this burnish and then you, I, you know, you see afterwards there's customers like spitting out the pizza, being like, "This is disgusting," like just that like very shallow sort of like takes that people have, especially uh, conservatives, where they're like when they find like the slightest thing that like they disagree with, they're like, "This is the worst thing ever," as mm. if like they didn't care about or like like the product like literally minutes before. <laughs> and so yeah, you've got that scene, and I like I said, I feel like I. I remember it. I just, I don't know how to talk about it. Uh, which part? Uh, so yeah. The whole we, fucking movie. The whole <laughs> fucking, this movie, this, this, this is, this, this is a movie. That's all I can describe it. Let's talk about Crave Forth, Scythe. Cause you, you meet him and I'm like, okay, this guy's the fucking bad guy. But the movie plays its hand very quickly in telling you that Cray is the bad guy. I thought they were going to wait until like the third act to reveal that Cray is the bad guy, but we get that probably within under an hour of that reveal. That is true. Cause like the way Cray is set up is that in Gallo's eyes, Cray is like this like hero Cray, like, you know, saved Gallo from like a burning building. Yeah, he even lost his arm trying to save him. Yeah. He, he lost his arm. Like, you know, Gal Gallo is says that the reason he's alive is because of Cray, and like Cray kind of takes him under the wing, but there's clearly like some tension there. That's all like Cray onto Gallo, not Gallo onto Cray. And so, meanwhile, um, Leo and his burnished uh, kind of like freedom freedom force, they're kind of taken into these prisons. Uh, they manage to break themselves out near this like frozen lake. And then Gallo arrives and he sees Leo like trying to uh, revive this injured burnish using mouth to mouth flame transfer. And uh, the the protective flames is something we eventually get introduced. The power of, you know, the the flames can can do more than just destroy. They can also protect. Yeah, which I I liked because it was pretty clear that they were going to like subvert some stuff because it was pretty like ham fisted, like the idea of like, oh, like. It's kind of like District 9 where it's like, you know, with the aliens and like, which is like a metaphor for um, the apartheid. And like this has like some similar things where it's very like obvious what kind of social issues they're tackling in this movie and like who the surrogates are. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty clear that, you know, the the burnished are surrogates for like minorities and the, you know, the treatment of, you know, oppressed peoples. Um, yeah, one, I, kept, one, I kept thinking a lot of about Palestine and Israel when I was watching this. Oh man, so so Cray Cray plays his bad guy card pretty quickly because um we uh when when Gallo uh, goes to to Cray to kind of you know confirm his, his suspicions or whatever, uh this is where I'm just like oh, okay, this movie just escalated even further because it turns out like the core of the Earth is like basically 
primed to explode in six months, and Cray is preparing a spaceship that will be filled with 10,000 people, take to another planet and repopulate the human race. And I'm like, oh, okay, we're not even halfway through this movie. And we're yeah, not to- halfway through, when we're, and he's revealed himself to be a Jeff Bezos type um, or an Elon Musk type. Uh, where it's like we'll leave this planet and we'll create our, we'll go to the new one, and it'll be perfect. So the doubts of Cray being the bad guy are completely uh, swept away very, very quickly. Oh, for sure. Like it's, it's like, oh yeah, he's a you know a piece of shit. He's also been experimenting on burnished people. Yeah, um, he's like he's like using. So the burnished themselves are going to burn, literally burn themselves to ash just to power this like spaceship. Yeah, so it's yeah, they're basically being forced to kill themselves, which is so weird. I'm like, because like clearly they have this mecha technology, and you can't get a fucking spaceship to go from one planet to the other. Like we're not that advanced. It's like we got the mecha powers, and yeah, people might be spontaneously, you know, combusting, but uh, we still need to use these burnish so we can get to the other planet. Which they don't even like really explain which like other planet they're going to. They're just like we're leaving uh, because Earth is gonna like disintegrate in a month or something. Which I didn't really understand. I remember Cray like bringing that up because uh, that's like the other thing is like Cray explaining this. He explains this to Gallo because Gallo kind of realizes like he witnesses Leo trying to resuscitate a burnish. And like it's not really working, and he kind of starts seeing that the Burnish are human, and they have humanity in them, and they're not just this like nameless, faceless like bad guys, if you know what I mean. Um, mm. And he kind of, if you remember this, like Gallo confronts Cray, and then basically Cray's like, "Fuck you, I'm putting you in prison." <laughs> There's just no subtlety. There's just absolutely no subtlety here. There is no subtlety in this movie. So. So meanwhile, Leo has like uh, managed to kind of get away from anything. And he turns into this like weird dragon form and like kind of just like goes goes wild on the city. That and again, like this is where I checked my phone, not because I was bored, but because this seemed like the logical end point for the movie. And I, there were 50 minutes left. <laughs> I was like, OK, we were seeing Leo in dragon form. This must mean the movie is almost over. Yeah, this feels like the, it feels like that moment. Like this would would be like the third act reveal, and yet we're like, oh, I, is this the end of the first act? Like, are we? It's like, I don't even know if it's the end of the second. I don't even know if it's like the end of the second act when he goes dragon form. Can we make an argument that this movie doesn't even follow act structure? On I any think level? there's like a. I think there's a clear first act. I don't know about the rest of the movie. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I can say that. There's definitely a clear first act, and then like it just like sort of just everything melds together. Everything uh, melts together. Uh, so. It's like, it, you know, it reads like one of those scripts. Like, I don't know if you've read scripts. I'm going to, you know, one of those uh, that like where like it's a spec script and the writer is, you know, has clearly been watching um, that piece of shit. Max Landis's uh, videos on YouTube. And he like basically says in his those videos, because I've seen them, uh, he's been like, he's like, Fuck the three act structure. Just make sure your character has momentum. Go over the momentum. Like also, I only write first drafts and I never go back. You know, it just kind of there's like uh, definitely moments of it where it's just like, oh, they're just like constantly going forward and they're like 
things that could have been like laid out a little better, like in terms of just going like, yeah, like let's set up the hints that Kray is this bad guy, but he is also playing Gallo and like, you know, but instead it's just like, let's wash that away. Um, because like the other thing we were, we find out at some point, because this movie for me is just like a fucking mind man, uh, bender, is that uh, basically Kray like tells Gallo that like, maybe this is really late. I feel like I'm jumping around, but basically Cray tells Gallo that like him saving Gallo, like that whole, like there's all these flashbacks about that was a total accident. Like that, I guess, because one of the reveals is Cray is actually a burnish himself. And he's like the most powerful burnish. And like, he was, had it being a burnish attack um, that he was kind of able to control. But like, because of that, his arm, he lost his arm. Uh, but that uh, the fire that came out of that arm basically incinerated the house that Gallo was in. And then, like, people started surrounding it. And that's when, like, the basically Gallo doesn't even get saved. Gallo just runs out of a fucking, like, the front door. And it's like, oh, my God, you saved him. And it's like, no, you didn't. He just, like, escaped. Also, is, are Gallo's parents dead? Or did he, are they alive? Like, I, there's this implication that Gallo might be a, an orphan. But I'm also, like, Gallo got out of that house pretty quickly. Uh, and he's just like, bye, mom and dad. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, we we, we don't know anything about um, uh, the status of Gallo's parents or if he has any. Because this feels like one of those things where, like, the lot of anime that we've covered on this podcast, they would definitely milk the, like, whole, like, he's an orphan, right? Like, like I'm trying to think of some of the stuff we've covered where it's, like, so-and-so's an orphan. Or, like, yeah, so-and-so's parents died. You know, and then that's why they have to go on this journey. Um, I mean, unless this is like one of those like Pokemon situations where you're just allowing your 11 year old, you're like, have fun in the world. <laughs> like, you know, don't, you know, have your apple juice or whatever. Like, like maybe that's that. Uh, but Gallo, it's Gallo doesn't have a backstory. Outside no, he's Gallo, him Gallo, outside. Gallo's backstory is his, uh, his, his uh, burning spirit or whatever you want to call it. Anyways, um, moving backwards a bit. So anyways, like um, Leo is in this like kind of dragon form and Gallo manages to to get him out of it. They end up going back to the frozen lake where they meet uh, the holographic projection of Deus Prometh. Uh, So we see Deus briefly in the beginning of the film. uh, And it turns out uh, Deus, the scientist who kind of created all this technology, was killed by Kray. And then Cray, Cray kind of took all the credit for everything. Yeah, oh yeah, that's yeah. I guess that's the other thing. Because yeah, we haven't even talked about there's like these two sisters that are in this movie. We haven't even mentioned them yet. I don't even like, know what their deal was. There's one sister who's like conflicted, and another girl who who's in like the uh, in the burning rescue. Oh, were they sisters? Oh, I didn't even put that together. Yeah, they're, they're sisters because oh. <laughs> essentially, um, yeah, the sister who's uh, I forget their names. Uh, yeah, but, sisters, know, the, yeah, the one sister uh, basically is just work is a scientist and the other is like a firefighter. But the scientist sister is just like, you've got to look out for yourself. Like, you know, why are you helping all these people all the time? And it's like you're just and then it's like, you know, when it comes to this reveal of like the Parnassus ship and like they're going to. Oh, yeah, that's the also the other thing. The ship that they're going to leave the Earth on is called the Parnassus ship um, with like the ship they're going to leave on. basically. The older sister, the scientist sister's expectation for the younger sister, who, by the way, is a fucking firefighter and is all about like helping others, has basically her thing is is like 
Yeah, when time comes, my sister will think uh, only for herself or about herself and uh, will say, fuck humanity. We got to save it. (laughs) You know, like, it's just one of those things where you're like, the characters are already sort of diametrically opposed. The the thing I noticed about um, the the firefighter sister, uh, whose name is Ina, uh, were, were the gratuitous butt shots because that's how she's introduced. The first shot we see of her is a butt shot, and the way she's the way she's piloting her mech is always uh, kind of that hunched over, uh, butt prominently displayed. So I've I've seen listen I've seen other work by this team, and this was less horny than their other work. I'll say that. Yeah, that's one of the, this is like the recurring theme of this show is just how fucking horny are all these shows, are the creators of these shows with these like gratuitous shots. This one, yeah, was more tame. It's funny because the way you told me about this show was you were like, yeah, so this is like a gay action. That's how, that's how it was hyped to me, I guess. I knew like there were a bunch of like LGBT like review websites or whatever that were hyping up. But yeah, no, I didn't think, Again, the other show we watched, Skate, was was far more thirsty. Yeah, this is not a very thirsty show that way. I kind of get like like Leo has this sort of uh, like androgynous, like you know, non-binary element to them, or he. I guess it's a he. But other than that, I was just like, oh, this is like pretty straightforward. Like this is like I don't like. There's no like Gello has no love interest. Um, like, because that's not this what this movie is. There's no like, no one's like fucking anyone else. Like, there's no like real relationships um, that way. If I'm not mistaken, Gallo shows interest in Ina in a bit. Um, oh yeah, I guess there is that. So like, Gallo and Ina have a a shared uh, camaraderie. I guess it's maybe along the lines of. Do you remember uh, Pacific Rim? Yeah, where there's those two, the uh, the two leads. Um, they don't end up like getting together, but there's like these like romantic uh, moments. Um, that movie sucks. Uh, as I as if you want to go back, you can listen to me rant about it in our Iron Blooded Orphans episode. Um, and I was just like, it had that kind of similar thing where they just didn't go for it, and so it just kind of was like this thing that like fizzles in the background. You're like, ah, like does Gello care? I guess Gello only cares about. Cray's opinion for like a most of this movie until yeah, well not even most like for half of it like i feel like i'm just talking circles right now like i feel let's, like I'm, uh, let, let's I'm talk in a fugue about, state. <laughs> you're in a fugue state let's talk about Dave. so so it turns out the the title of the movie comes from this race called the promare and they're an internet interdimensional flame beings that reside in the earth's core and yes i had to read that on wikipedia because when i watched the movie it was just kind of overflowing I was just like, all right, all right, sure. That's what the Promare are. Um, when you watch a Trigger production, you're not coming in for the deep plot. What I come for the Trigger, Studio Trigger things are the the over-the-top uh, phrases the characters use. Let's, In fact, let's talk about the big battle. So so they're piloting, uh, so the mecha that um, Gallo and Leo um, have to pilot together is called the Deus Ex Machina. And at first it looked kind of lame. I'm like, right. I'm like, seriously, is that like the fucking Mecca that's going to be the final battle one? And thankfully Gallo calls it out because Gallo can barely pilot it because it doesn't look cool enough. Uh, so Leo uses his burnished powers to make it, make it look a little better, which I very much appreciated. And 
like all these attacks that they're doing throughout the fight with Cray, they are shouting their fucking names out. And I loved it. Not only that, not only are they shouting the names of their attacks, but massive text is popping out. That's the that's what I come for a studio trigger production. And the battle with Cray, which again I thought was like, okay, this is the final battle, um, is not. But I do like that Cray when he's in his mecha, he even he is like complaining about the stupid names that Gallo is making up. Yeah, that was like a, th- a thing where I was like, are these supposed to be funny? Like, they're not super funny. They're, it's just like this running gag of like all these names. I want to like see it. Can we it's, like... I guess I would call it Marvel comedy in a way. It's like lampshading it. I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. But I, mean, I feel like Marvel comedy, at least like when it hits, it hits. This one like did not hit. I don't know. I liked it because again, I'm, I'm familiar with Trigger's productions and I just am like, I'm, I'm used to things being over the top and just kind of smiling. Like that's, it's not so much that I'm laughing, but I am smiling at just how ridiculous it gets this movie, man. So, so they have this fight with Cray. Um, I don't even recall how it ended, man. Fuck. I think Cray. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I Why is it like this movie? Like is it's like visually really interesting. Like that's the thing that's driving me nuts. Like I'm like, we had a good time. We had a good time. But like, again, this, is not a, this is a movie that I'm like, I'm not sitting here being like, I don't want to shit on it because it's not a bad movie. It's just, it's just, it just has nothing uh, like to talk about. <laughs> it has such a weird thing to be in because there's a podcast where we got to talk about it. Um, and so you're just like, I'm sitting here, just going through my notes, going like, oh, yeah, I guess this thing happened. Guess that thing happened. Um, and yeah, how did they kill him? They didn't kill him. No, I mean, did... no one dies. I mean, again, like his, I'm just trying to find out how his mech gets taken down because, you know, so let's, let's, let's go again. So, sorry, dear listener. You're, you're in the state that we are in. Cause again, we just, I just watched this movie, you know, 45 literally... minutes ago. I literally watched this movie like two hours ago before this recording. And like, and that's the thing that's driving me up the wall. I'm like this, like how I've never experienced this where like I've walked out of a movie and gone, not like, Oh, that's not bad. But I've also going, how do I describe what I watched? Oh my God. Like this is like all of this podcast is going to be, it's me frustrating. (laughs) <laughs> we're not going to get into plot summary mode because that's impossible but what, the movie does end with them basically they're they're again and this is very trigger this is very studio trigger where the mech becomes so big it like it's standing on the fucking planet it gets so big and it, like they generate like a spear because again um gallo oh and on top of that the, the mech gets like multiple name changes it's called like the gallo leo by the end of it yeah, because it's like, because Gallo and Leo, and I guess this is where the queer baiting of this movie comes about, where people are shipping Gallo and Leo, because they, they basically combine their mech powers or whatever to form this this giant mech um, mm-hmm. that is Gallo supposed Leo. to then save... Save the, save the planet. Galile- and- Did you say Galileo? Yeah, it's, yeah, exactly. It's Galileo. <laughs> Oh my god! Again, I'm, having, is... I'm, I'm having a breakdown. That's so fucking funny. That's so, <laughs> so stupid. Oh my god! I know. I also for listeners, we're based in British Columbia, and as of the recording of this, uh, there was a massive heat wave the last couple of days, 
And like, I'm part of me is like, am I still feeling the effects of this like record-setting heat wave that like the where it was like the hottest in Canadian history? <laughs> like that's how hot this heat wave was. Like the Pacific Northwest has never been hotter. We're in the Pacific Northwest right now, and and yet like. God damn it. Anyway, so so Galileo uh oh, uses his power the the power of Galileo um causes again fuck what they're basically taking all the energy from from the solar system uh which like causes so the chroma- crazy saying I, this out loud. Oh man, I'm even reading the Wikipedia. I'm even reading the Wikipedia summary, and I don't believe it's accurate. Like the the Wikipedia summary says, they use their mecha to protect life on Earth while allowing the promare to envelop the surface, causing the promare to burn out and vanish completely. But there's also all this stuff involving the solar system, and then like the sun and all the planets in the solar system being enveloped. Uh, so I don't know what that meant, but what I did understand was that it looked fucking cool. That was my reaction. I think that's the thing. This movie is entirely visual. I recommend it. Uh, and, you know, they're also like the body count in this movie is low. Like, Cray doesn't die. Instead, like, um, what the Galileo does is it basically like causes uh, the burnish to become normal humans. Yeah. I mean, that's what I like. Like, I like basically it like forced, you know, forces everyone to be like, we're all human in the end, even if some of you are, you know, have fire burning within you or whatever because like the other thing with the burnish is like they are yeah they are human they are they're human they're people who are just you know who have been infected or whatever by this thing yeah and so Um, it's i got nothing right now I i don't have nothing i think let's just talk about how we felt and how how did you feel watching this movie let's not talk about plot anymore let's Let's move on to feelings. And what I felt was this is a fun fucking movie. I enjoyed it. I was, again, the reasons why I was looking at my phone was because I thought it was over just because of how crazy the escalation was. But again, like this is not a boring movie. It's a fun, silly, again, it's perfect for having on the background. There's very, again, it's like two thirds action, one third plot. I get, my biggest disappointment more than anything is our lack of speed wagons because it is so focused. It's focused so heavily on Gallo, Leo, and uh, Cray. The the other characters in this film just aren't really given enough. I was disappointed that the the rest of um, Burning Rescue had very little to do. They didn't even participate in the final battle either, which was a real bummer. Yeah, no, they didn't do that uh, very um, well. But which, I mean, which... at the same time, I mean, I just felt, yeah, I felt this was, like, this was just like a real visual feast. I think I've said it before. It had that, like, it's like a it had that moment of like feeling like a really good like music video where you're just like when you watch it like a fine music video and maybe you get lost in the song or not uh but you're just like oh i really like that and maybe you don't like fully remember all the beats of it um but yeah you just had a good time and that's how i feel like there's there's a bit of this dazzling element there's just again this like all this like visual feast like it's just one for the eyes. Like that's not the best way I can describe that. It's Let, one let's for talk the about eyes. let's talk about another thing, Malcolm. I mean, on this podcast so far, we haven't really watched any CG anime, but this film uses a ton of CG work. So how how do you did the CG work for you? It did. Yeah, I will say that. Like it was kind of surprised me when initially because yeah, we haven't done much CG 
animation. And yeah, this thing had melded really well. Sort of that traditional 2D animation that you come to expect with anime, but also adding the 3D to like sort of modernize it and also give it a bit of a visual flair that like sets this apart from other movies. Yeah. And I mean, there are like plenty of 3D animes now. It's becoming more common. Um, I I have chosen not to cover a lot of those shows just because they aren't always, in my opinion, the best. I'm just more of a 2D guy myself. Uh, Netflix in particular has just really kind of, you can kind of tell where Netflix is just like pumping out content and just making cheap CG animes. Um, but no, this this CG stuff, again, this had a feature film budget and it worked for this movie completely. And fuck, also the other thing too is when, I, especially when I was watching the first act, the first big action scene, I just really wanted to play a video game of this. Yeah, um, there's, I don't know, this may be a very niche pull, but uh, there's a comic book artist named uh, Juan Gedeon, uh, spelled G-E-D-E-O-N, uh, whose like visual style really reminded me of this movie. And like, I've kind of been reading his books since like 2014. He started off like on Ghost Racers. He did a great book with uh, uh, Image Comics called Horizon. He did a really good book with Aftershock called Strayer. And like when I was watching, I was like, oh, it's kind of like one's like comic work come to life a bit. Uh, and I wasn't sure if they like ripped it off or not. Clearly they didn't. That's like would be crazy. But uh, I don't know. I just like and I really like that kind of style of art. So like to like have that be animated was really great. And like you said, like I think this would be a great video game like just like animation style wise like this would be great like i i feel like video games can get very like stuck in very like kind of certain paths of like i I don't know how to say this like certain paths of sort of animation styles and like when you see something like cuphead uh kind of break that mold you get these really great fantastic results um and i kind of wish that you would see a little bit more creativity and hopefully there's a game developer out there now who's making a game that takes visual cues from this movie. And um, anyone interested in a sequel to this movie, um, the director and writer said, uh, no, they, they told their story. So they were just very upfront in an interview. They're like, nope, we're good. Yeah, I don't know what else you could really do. I mean, like, the world is saved. Ends. The world is saved. There's no more burnish. So It's like very like compact. Yeah, they're like, I don't want to see more. Like, I think if you see more, you're just like, oh, what, Craig came back from the dead or has escaped prison? Like, I don't know. It's just like, wouldn't be that satisfying. And also, again, when if I were to watch a sequel, I don't think I'd remember what the first movie was about because I don't even remember what the movie's truly about. And I watched this like two hours ago. <laughs> I think, again, like, I, I will see anything from this creative team. I've enjoyed their previous works, and their previous works are always super original. And filled with over-the-top visuals. So why see a repeat? I, I trust that they can come up with something even crazier. Hopefully, yeah. I think it's like, especially with the director, maybe not so much the writer, but like with the director, I'm kind of excited to see what he does next. Yeah, and again, um, Gurren Logan's one of my favorite things of all time. Um, and it is, it's Gurren Logan. I beat by virtue of being like 26 episodes, obviously features a stronger narrative. And uh, it does have an incredibly insane over-the-top finale. Uh, but again, this had that film budget, which definitely made it look pretty snazzy. Uh, could we talk Speedwagon? I don't even know if there is a Speedwagon. Uh, let's play the song anyways. 
Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert E.O. Speedwagon. So, I don't know. I guess I liked the, uh, the little well, we mouse. you gotta remind people what the Speedwagon is. Oh, yeah. So, if, if this is your first episode, I don't know why. But uh, if this is, your, <laughs> this is your first episode, you're just like, fuck yeah, they're doing Promare. I'm finally listening to the podcast. Hey, there might be some Promare heads out there who we are really uh, looking to hear. Dis- uh, I think they'd be disappointed. I don't think we really broke it down well enough. <laughs> there, yeah, I'm, they're, they're... I'm, looking, I'm, I'm looking forward to I'm going to find a podcast myself that is like a four-hour examination of Promare. And I'm just going to be like, oh my god, we fucked this up. So, But anyways, uh, for those who are joining in, the Speedwagon is our favorite uh, kind of side character. Uh, named after the great Robert E.O. Speedwagon from Joe Dis Bizarre Adventure. And I guess my Speedwagon would have been the little mouse. Um, his name is Vinny. Yeah, Vinny was cute. Yeah, that's a good that's a good option. Yeah, I think for me, it was that old man who was. Oh, powerful. the old man was neat. But he was also a traitor, and I didn't like that. Yeah, I, that's the thing where I'm like, he was a traitor. <laughs> But like, I don't have any other options outside of Vinny. Like, I was that's the thing. I'm like, I don't really want to pick the old man, but I just I can't really think of anyone else outside of. Um, yeah, I guess outside of Vinny. Like, I feel like maybe my speedway and I'll take a uh, a cue from uh, Tunji Taylor Lewis, our guest for, on the uh, Samurai Shampoo episode, uh, and say that my. Speedwagon was DSX Machina, the uh, Mecha Machine. Were, that's that's. I think that's that's the true Speedwagon, which is yeah. That's it has a, to be. A, I think now that I said it out loud, and you guys could listen to my thought process on that. Yeah, it's got to be. I mean, the the audacity to call it DSX Machina, and then so then the evolution of the name is the Galileo or Galileo. My God, it's it's perfect. <laughs> Fuck it's, the old it, guy. <laughs> fuck the old guy. Mecca, Mecca is new Speedwagon. Deus Ex Machina. And when when I did laugh when Deus Ex Machina popped out, because again, that is such a trigger thing to just like give it such a ridiculous on the nose name. I kind of respect it for it being so on the nose. Like I gotta like sometimes people like try to get too clever and then you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Some but like liked that this one was just like it's Deus Ex Machina. Uh, and that's what it it is not only as an item in the movie, but also what it is as just an item in the plot <laughs> of the movie. Final thoughts on Promare. Uh, Jack, do you want to start? I guess so. Uh, yeah, I enjoy this movie. Uh, apologies for how undescribable this movie is. But again, I just really wanted to watch this movie and I was uh, satisfied. It's a visual feast. It's fun. It's silly. It's uh, it's what I love from Studio Trigger, and you know the fact that this was like a feature film from them, uh, I really enjoyed. I hope the next uh, feature, if they do another feature, is uh, even more insane and bonkers, and maybe has a bit more narrative to it. Yeah, this one was a visual feast. I uh, really enjoyed the visuals of it. I thought it did a great job of kind of sucking me in that way. Like I've said this like whole episode, I feel like I'm have lost my mind a bit this episode. Like I feel like I'm just like completely scatterbrained that I've like, 
you know, lost track of what I was watching. I swear to God, I just watched it like a couple hours before recording. Uh, and yet I feel so like lost uh, trying to describe it, but it's worth watching. Like it is, it is a very interesting watch. And I think if you just go in thinking like, okay, not having too high of expectations, it's not going to have a plot that blows you away. But if you're just like, maybe if you fucking, you know, uh, smoke a joint and just like fucking relax and take it in, it might be fun to watch um, just as this like, I don't know, visual feast. I think this movie would be crazy to like do like shrooms or take acid and then watch it. Like I think someone would have a mental breakdown. <laughs> I'd be terrified. Um, so let's announce our next show that we're covering uh, next week. And that is going to be the much requested Yuri on Nice. Uh, we're going to do episodes one to five of Yuri on Ice. Uh, it's definitely, definitely a little more queer baity uh, than this movie. If, if we're going on a scale, in fact, I think I'm going to say this. Maybe Malcolm will disagree when we watch it. I think it's 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 above Skate the Infinity on the queer baby. But again, I've also I've also watched the episodes already, so I kind of yeah, I haven't seen uh, Yuri yet. So, but I, yeah, if you're yeah talking about queer baby for this uh, movie, I'd say this is uh, pretty low, maybe a two. Yeah, I, maybe a three because they do they, you know they do kiss, but it's like a CPR kiss. So I think you know the people the people. Oh who yeah, they do down. kiss. What the fuck? What a, I forgot about. Maybe that's a four then? Maybe four or five? Maybe, yeah, it's got a, maybe it's a five. I think a five if you're doing, even if it's CPR, I think that's a five out of ten. Yeah, it's, yeah, as they say, as they say, this is a, uh, some people like to call this a boy meets fire story, which, <laughs> which is, I don't even think we should, like, I think that's how we should end it up. But uh, our socials, you can find me on Twitter at OnlyRealJackM and uh, on Insta at Jack is Jack. Malcolm, where can they find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Malcolm R. J. McLeod. Uh, technically, I have that on Twitter, too, but uh, I don't use Twitter, so it's inactive. Uh, when I have a new Twitter account, I'll, I'll announce it. Uh, anyways, uh, if you want to follow the podcast, we're at Is This Anime Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, yeah, f- please follow the Instagram. That's where you're going to get most of the updates. Twitter account's around, but yeah, uh, I think we're mostly Instagram-based, and yeah, you'll see a lot of... Uh, fun content over there and this is uh it's been really fun and also like if you you know have found our podcast and you enjoy it please give us uh some stars and leave us a review uh it really helps a small podcast like us kind of grow in the world and uh, you know so far we've had uh some pretty good feedback and we'd love to have some more of it and like your feedback honestly has been the reason why we're even doing yuri on ice we kind of got a couple of messages about that and it was like fuck it let's do it so you know i appreciate that and that people are listening so yeah just leave a like give us a review uh really helps a small podcast like us later power bums (laughs) 